Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Wonderful, we're going to get straight into it. And uh, I feel God has just given me a word to encourage some people uh, this morning. So uh, are we ready to dive straight in? Wonderful. All right, why don't you turn in your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. It says, See, I am doing a new thing. Everyone say new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, God is saying here, I'm doing something special. I'm doing something new. We're in, a, we're in a new season. I don't know if you can sense it. Pastor Matt was just speaking a, a few words, but, but you know, I sense that we're in a, a, a special season as a church where uh, God is doing something new. You know, we've been going through this time of prayer and fasting, and uh, we've done that before, but I think we all get a sense that there's something special about this season. God is preparing us for something new that He wants to do in our future. You know, then it says in this verse here that it says, uh, do you not perceive it? Yeah, it tells me something pretty important. It says God will do something new, but sometimes we can miss it. God will still do the new. But I don't know about you, I want to be someone who understands the, 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 the seasons that we're in, the times that we're in, what God is doing, when God is starting to bless a certain area, when God is challenging us in a certain area, then I want to be someone who perceives what God is doing in my life and in our church. You know, the ability for us to perceive what God is doing is one of the greatest assets that you can have in your Christian walk. Greatest assets to understand, God, what are you trying to say to me right now? What are you trying to say to us as a church? You know, we are in a great season. You know, God is starting to, to really change some of our priorities, so to, to take us deeper with our hunger after the things of God. We're seeing some amazing things, some miracles happen, some, some breakthroughs happen, but, but I believe that God is just only beginning to sort of start to set us up for what He wants to do in the future. Who's excited about that? And so I want to look at this passage See, I'm doing a new thing, God says through the prophet Isaiah. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, God makes this statement, I am making a way. You know, I believe that God by nature has shown us both in the past, now and in the future that He is the way maker. And so this morning, I want to preach a message that I've titled, God is our way maker. You know, we might be facing seasons in our life and difficult situations, and, and, and we need to understand that God is the one that's going to see us through. He has greater, got a greater plan and a greater purpose for our life. He has got something that He has promised for our future. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that all things, everyone say, all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. It's a great promise. No matter what season we're facing, no matter what situation we're facing, we can believe we can hold on to this promise. One of the promises God has given us saying that all things work together for the good to those who are called according to His purpose. You know, again, God reminds through the prophet Isaiah, they're reminding the nation of Israel that, that, that they 
had been given a promise and he was the one that in the past and again going into the future that he was gonna be the one that was gonna be their way maker. See, let's look at the full context of, of this passage because, you know, easily we can sort of start to look at these verses and, and they're great verses, but, but I believe that God wants to give us a deeper understanding of what He was saying to the nation of Israel at that time because I believe that we need to, again, perceive the season and the times that we're in and say, God, give me a deeper revelation of what you're trying to say to us as a church and as your people. It says in Isaiah 43, going back to verse 1, but now... This is what the Lord says. He who, who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Flipping on to verse 16, and this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the seas, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again. Extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, I love this passage of Scripture, but, but again, it makes a reference Intentionally, God, through the prophet, makes a reference back to the beginnings of the nation of Israel. See, Genesis and Exodus tell us a story about God giving through Abraham a great promise to him and his family and the generations to come to be a mighty nation. God gave them a promise that they would be blessed, they would be fruitful, and they would occupy a land called the promised land. And through a different series of circumstances, a famine that hit the land and Joseph uh, moved his family, the, the nation of Israel uh, started to dwell and settle in Egypt. Different pharaohs and different kings passed. Joseph and his family passed away. Other generations came through. And, and, and it says in the Bible that kings and pharaohs that didn't know Joseph started to rule and in fact started to see that the Israelites were a mighty nation and were intimidated by them. And so what did they do? They started to bring them into slavery. They put them into captivity and started to make them work the land on their behalf. And so we find at the beginning of Exodus, God hears the cry of his people and he sends them a deliverer by the name of Moses. And through a series of miracles, miracle after miracle, God does a, an amazing work to, to release and free his people out of the bondage and slavery in Egypt. And so they start to make their way to the promised land. And this is where I want us to pick up the story because it makes references in Isaiah 43 to this moment in this story in Exodus chapter 14. See, the, the, the nation of Israel had come out of Egypt, but who knows that the enemy started to chase after them, that Pharaoh and his chariots and his horses and all his mighty army started to realize what had happened. 
that these guys had escaped. Maybe whatever, I don't know what Pharaoh was thinking. Maybe he just thought they were going out just to worship and coming back in. But they realized these guys have escaped. They're not coming back. And they wanted to hold on to them. They wanted to keep them captive. And so the armies of Egypt come out in all their force to chase down the Israelites. And they start to see this mighty army coming after them. They had nothing. They just brought a few possessions, some things. They had no might, no, no, no weapons, no chariots, no horses, nothing that they could really defeat this army. And, and, uh, and so they turn to, to Moses, the people of Israel, and they start to, to cry out. They start to, to stress out. They start to freak out. You know, I'd like to think that they came to Moses with great faith in their heart knowing that God had done a miracle previously, even the fact that they were standing outside of Egypt was a mighty victory to take them out of that situation. I would like to think that there was faith in their hearts to say, Moses, I'm excited what's God gonna do this time. I've seen miracle after miracle. I've seen the different plagues, the different things that happen to free us. And now what's God gonna do this time? Here they come. Here they come. Come on, God. But no, this is what they said. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And when they, then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would be, have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Isn't it amazing? The Israelites were happy to, to stay as slaves, would prefer to stay as servants and slaves in captivity than to have an opportunity to break free, have an opportunity to see the might of God again on display. See, who knows? You don't need to be in chains to be a slave. You don't need to be in chains to still live under intimidation and fear. And I believe God gave me this word because there's people that are facing things and you've been trying to break through and it's almost like you've been taking two steps forward only to be knocked down again. And maybe in your mind you've started to reason it. it just Maybe it just would have been easier if I just hadn't given my life to Jesus. Maybe it would have just been easier if I just didn't try and give this thing sacrifice and, and hand over this thing that I've been struggling with because I just feel the weight of this guilt, this intimidation. The enemy comes and tells me, you can't do it. I try and move forward, but then I just get knocked down again. Or maybe you've been believing things. Maybe you're in a relationship or believing for a loved one. You become a Christian and they're still away from God or maybe they've maybe they made choices to move away from God and so you start to reach out to them and say, come on, I just wanna show God's love. God's got a better plan. Come on. And it's almost like your relationship even becomes worse when you try and reach out with the love of God. And it's easy for us to stay held captive to this intimidation, 
this fear. Maybe even you're believing for a breakthrough in healing or a breakthrough in a different area of your life. And as soon as you start to, maybe you've realized that yourself. You started to pray and fast, maybe for the first time. Maybe you've got a sense, I'm going deeper this time. I'm going after it. And these things start to come at you. This intimidation comes and See, God had freed the Israelites from being held captive in Egypt. However, the threat was still chasing them. The Israelites, in their own minds, had just thought, you know what, let's either run or let's just go back. At least we can live. But God had a greater plan. And it says in verse 13, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people, the children of Israel to go forward. Everyone say, go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. And we know the story Many of us would understand that at that point in time, Moses does as, Jesus, as God says, and, and he stretches his rod over the water, over the Red Sea. See, they were between a rock and a hard place. They were between a situation. If they turned back, they were going to be faced with the enemy, but they couldn't. It was impossible to move forward through a sea that was unable to be navigated. They had no boats. They had no bridges, no roads. They were faced with a situation, but God gives them a promise of being the way maker. And so Moses lifts up his hand over the sea and God parts the waters and allows the Israelites to safely pass through. And the Egyptians chase after them. God causes the walls of the sea to collapse on top of them, killing every one of Israel's enemy. It says in the word of God that not one of the Egyptian army survived. See, the enemy wanted to destroy them, but God had a greater plan. He didn't just want to free the Israelites. He wanted to completely destroy the thing that had held them in captivity in the first place. See, people are facing opposition today. You're facing intimidation. You're held back by fear, but God wants to be your way maker. He wants to reveal His power in your situation. So you don't understand why God has allowed you to be in this situation, but, but there's something that I realize, there's some things God will take you through so He can destroy the thing that has been chasing you. He'll take you in a situation that seem impossible. He might even take you into a desert, into a wilderness situation. He might even ask you to face a situation that seems in the naturally impossible. There's no way I can deal with this. The Israelites were like, what has happened, Moses? You got it wrong, and now we're caught between this situation, between our enemy and an impossible situation. 
but I love it because God's plan was not just to deal with Israel's enemy, but God also wanted to deal with their identity. God's plan was not just to deal with Israel's enemy, He had a plan to deal with Israel's identity. And we need to understand that today because the thing is that God was saying to them, hey, you, you, you've, you've lived as a slave. Generations had passed. These guys here had been bought, born into slavery. They'd lived their whole life in slavery, whole life in captivity. They, they were thinking and acting, living like a slave. But who knows that God had a greater plan? Who knows that God actually wanted to, for them to occupy their promised land, to take occupancy and dominion over a land that they couldn't have a mindset of a slave. They needed to start to have a mindset of a conqueror and a ruler and a warrior. And God is calling people today. You need to start to fight not from a position of defeat, but a position of victory. You need to start to fight, not saying, hey, I'm just gonna, you know, just gonna allow this situation to push me back. I'm gonna allow this intimidation, this fear to just hold me back in captivity. But God is saying, he's calling people fights. You know, we went through this season of prayer and fasting. There's many people that received their breakthrough, but maybe you haven't yet. Let me encourage you. Grab that prayer request. Grab out your, your notepad, your journal. Start to write, this is what I'm believing for. I'm not giving up. I'm not going back into Egypt. I'm not going back into that situation. I'm believing that God has been the way maker before. He's gonna be the way maker for me. He's gonna take me out of slavery into victory. He's gonna take me out of captivity into having dominion in this situation. God wanted to change their identity, not just defeat the enemy. They wanted to change their identity. Start to think as kings, start to think as conquerors, start to think as people who are getting prepared for something greater. Who knows, we know the rest of the story, but, but at that point in time, they didn't understand what was gonna happen. They were gonna have to have the sort of uh, mindset, the sort of faith to believe that they could be a nation of conquerors. If they thought that God was just laying it all out like no one was living in the promised land at the time, well, obviously they were gonna be mistaken. They were gonna find their way into a situation. And even as they approached, the Bible tells us, they had to defeat enemies. They had to conquer and win battles before they ever arrived into the promise. And I believe God is saying the same thing to His church. If you think that it's just gonna be all rolled out to you, then you're gonna miss an opportunity to shift your identity from someone who is just a slave to a situation to someone who is a conqueror. And God wants to do a great victory in your life today. So the three things that stand out that God was saying in this passage in Isaiah 43, first thing that we've mentioned is let the past victories fuel your faith for the future. Let the past victories, God's faithfulness, His power. You know, I love the fact that we can celebrate what God is doing, the testimonies of different people receiving their victories, their breakthrough. Let that be the fuel that, that it stirs faith in your heart for the things that God is gonna take you into in your future. God did it then, He's gonna do it again. He did it for them, He's gonna do it for me and my family. And we can hold on to a promise because God says that He is faithful and He says that He is gonna come through on your behalf. He is the way maker. So the first thing, let your past victories fuel your faith for the future. The second thing, but your past can never lead you to your future. 
Dwelling on your past will never lead you to your future. Isaiah 43 verse 18, again, I'll read it. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It seems strange that God would say this, especially when you start to see the context because he's saying, hey, remember the former things. Remember what I did in the past and I wanna do a new thing. But before he says all of that, he says, forget the past because the past is not gonna carry you forward. Allow the past to fuel you to start to stir your heart, believing for greater things, but for, to, to live in the past will never take you to your future. So he's saying you can't live in the past. Don't live in your past intimidations. Don't, don't live in your past mistakes. Don't, don't live in the, the, the past limitations and oppositions that you face because your past, by nature, your past will never take you forward. Focusing on your past will only take you to your past. See, following your past mistakes won't lead you into your future. Focusing on your past limitations won't lead you into your future victories. It's only by forgetting your past and focusing on what God is doing that will lead you in the future that He has for your life. Can I get an amen, church? God is saying to you, hey, I've done some great things in your past, but he's stopping to say, hey, don't, don't, don't lean and live in that moment. God is wanting to do something new today. He's wanting you to break away from your past. People that have been holding on to things, difficult situations. But God is saying, don't hold on to them anymore. Don't let a, tempor a temporary circumstance become a permanent dwelling place. See, the thing I love about the Israelites as you read this story is, it says they walked through the wilderness. In fact, 40 years they had to walk through the wilderness because of different mistakes they made before they stepped into their promise. But it says that they never ever built houses. They just pitched tents. See, never build a house in an area you know you're only passing through. Never build a house in an area you know you're gonna leave. And God is saying, have you built a house in your desert? Have you built a house in your, in your wilderness moment? Have you settled on your way to the promise? Because God is saying, hey, you might be going that, through that for a season, but God is doing something greater. I might not be where I wanna be today, but I know that God is faithful. He is moving me forward. He's the way maker. I might not have received my full promise yet, but I'm getting ready for it. I'm getting ready for what God wants to do. I'm not settling here. I'm not gonna go back, but I'm not staying here. I'm moving forward. And there's a second side to this. God is saying, forget the former things. Forget the past limitations, frustrations, the sin of your past, the mistakes. But God is also saying, hey, yeah, I did it then, but, but don't live in the glory of a past victory. Understand that my mercy is new every morning that God's power is ready and available every day. God wants to move us, not just to live in a place of going, oh, how good was it back in the day? How good was it in that moment on that camp where I got touched by God? God saying, Mark, I've got something for you today. By nature, God doesn't want us to limit Him to just something He did in the past. He's saying, would you have faith? for what I'm about to do? Would you have excitement for what I'm about to do? Would you have expectation for the things I'm about to do? Because he's saying the third point, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness 
right in your situation that looks dire, looks terrible. I mean, who knows that, you know, you, you look at the, the pictures that come to your mind of thinking about a wilderness situation or a desert situation. It's not where God wants you to be, but he's saying that even in that wilderness, even in that desert season, I am making a way. Streams in the wasteland. See, God wants to do something new in you. He's given you a promise, church. He's given us a promise. Who knows? The enemy doesn't want you to receive your promise. The enemy will try and steal away your promise, but the truth is he actually can't steal away your promise. The enemy has no power or authority to steal away something that God has given you. But he's smart. He's divisive. And so what he does and he's deceptive and he comes and he tries to, to make us doubt. He tries to make us get to the point where we throw away our promise. We give up on the journey. See, the thing is that God had wanted to be the way maker, but the Israelites had to step forward. If they'd said, this is impossible, it's stupid, it's not gonna happen. Or if Moses as a leader just said, oh, I made a mistake. I got it wrong, guys. Tried to make some sort of treaty with the Egyptians and they went back to that place they would have never seen the promises of God fulfilled in their life. God is saying, come on, don't give up. The enemy wants to come and rob you. The enemy wants to come and steal away your joy and your peace and your hope for the future. You know, and the truth is I wish I had no evidence to back this up. But we've all seen it before if you've been in church long enough. People that come in, passionate for God. God touches their life, they give their life to Jesus things start to just accelerate. It's amazing, but then they hit these obstacles, these things from their past, just like the, the, the Israelites that come to try and intimidate them again, and they try and start to steal away their hope and their future. And who knows if we're not careful, we start to give up. We start to throw it away. We start to doubt. We say, God, I just, I don't know. I don't know if your promises are true. I don't know if this, did I just imagine this? It's, it all just seems too hard. The enemy can't steal it away from you, but he'll try and rob your joy. He'll try and bring you to a place of, of discouragement, of doubt, of frustration. He'll start to attack you in your soul because he knows that if he hits you in your soul, then he can hit you in your spirit. People that are feeling frustrated start to, just like the children of Israel, maybe it just would have been better. But don't throw away your joy. Don't throw away your hope. Don't let doubt and disappointment rob you from the future that God has got for you, for your family, for the generations to come. See, it might look like a desert. And when it looks like you're surrounded by opposition, begin to say, God, I thank you that you are doing a new thing in my life. The past is gone and I'm striving. I'm moving forward into my promise. See, He is with you. And he's gonna do a good work in you. And I wonder if the worship team can come because I want us to take a moment this morning where we say, God, I thank you that you are the way maker. I thank you that even when I don't see it, that you're working on my behalf. Even when all I see around me is a desert situation, a wilderness. Seems like such a negative situation. I just, I feel like I'm just pushing through. But God is reminding us, as he says in Isaiah 43, he says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, 
You will not be burnt. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.